This is Big 3 IGP. Catches in the league going in every week. Racking them points up. Who got the streak? Cause we joking it. Happens to fun. Yeah, this how the crew getting it done. I'm talking Josh, Adam, and Connor. Yeah, this a command and conquer. Hard hitting the IR's real. This football, yeah, you know the deal. Cause it's all about the defense and the TDs. Yeah, this is Big 3 IDP. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymond. We are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP podcast. And I'm joined in the Soad Shack tonight on my right, Adam Markham. Cramming on some Popeyes, Addy, here at 9 p.m. How you feeling, man? Sir, feeling real good now, Joshy. Good in your soul, but not good in your stomach, right? Yeah, he's got a lot of burning right, uh, you know, right in that pit of the stomach right now. Got so. some heartburn going on, some yeah. indigestion. Trying to, you know, get some beer down there, cool it off a little bit. Understandable, understandable. But joining us, we are so excited to have him back. Joining us in StreamYard, it's been way too long. We are thrilled to welcome back 4 for 4's own lead IDP analyst. It's our boy, Mike Wollert. Mike, how are you, my friend? What is going on, fellas? Been a minute since I've been on, so thanks for making some time for me. And yeah, thanks. Can't believe we're week 16. I know. Isn't it crazy? I was just... I had to stop and pause. I'm not in any fantasy championships, which is sad, but I'm just grateful. You know, we're we're a few days from Christmas, Addy. It is incredible that beginning of the season, we thought, is this season going to happen? Like, there were serious questions of if this could work, and we have not had a single game up to this point canceled. That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I, I have to thank the NFL for really not caring about yeah about anything and just trudging on and marching on and just saying hey these games are getting played it's great out figure it out broncos sorry you have a you know practice squad wide receiver oh who maybe played quarterback (laughs) one time in junior high school as your quarterback against the new orleans saints sorry about it but the train is rolling on yeah sorry Steelers. no bye week for you yeah that's true like it, it is, you know, I, but I think everyone signed up for this. Like, you yep. had a chance to get out, and yep. it's like, if you're on this train, this train is rolling. And I have said all season, the reason I didn't think we would get games bumped to a week 18 or have games just outright canceled mm-hmm. was because the NFL, the entire time, Mike, has been adamant mm-hmm. that these games are going to be played, and here we are going into week 16. They have stayed true to that mantra. Not yep, like you said, not one canceled game. We're playing them, and the the NFL. It's just it. It truly is a next man up mentality. These these coaches. It's 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 amazing. A player leaves, and it's like they're they're ghosts. They don't exist, and we have to go with the guys that are in this room, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, next coach up, Freddie yep. Kitchens calling plays against his oh, old team. I'm sure so you were. Fa- oh my god! I'm sure you were thrilled with that result for Monday Night Football, Mike. I was. I was watching Sunday that. Night. I was watching that game, and you know, it was that first drive. Gallman's getting some yardage. They're like, "Oh my god, are you are you kidding me?" And then fourth and goal, they pull out the old punter and get in this formation. I'm like, "Oh, it's Freddie Kitchens. Never mind. What am I worried about?" I watched this for 17 weeks last week. What do I have to worry about? 
It has to be pretty wonderful coming out of that dumpster fire that was 2019 for the Cleveland Browns, having a an, a functional adult as a head coach and mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski. Baker's in the groove. You guys are not a lock for the playoffs, but looking really good to make it in. You got to be feeling pretty good as a Browns fan right now, Mike. If you if you would have told me. At, you know, Kevin Stefanski got hired. I'm like, that was, you know, fine. Okay, we got a coach. But if you'd have told me, all right, you guys are going to get a new head coach. There's going to be a global pandemic. So there's going to be no OTAs. There's going to be no off-season workouts. There's going to be no training camp. There's going to be no regular training camp. There's going to be no preseason games. Everything is going to be conducted virtually. And you guys are going to potentially be in the playoffs. I, I would have been like, okay. What drugs did you get and where can I get those to just numb the pain of what I think is going to happen this season for the Browns? So, yeah, I mean, after week one, when we got blown up by the Ravens, I'm like, oh, crud. But it's been, I've never, yeah, this has probably been the most fun I've had with the Browns season. I mean, Baker's rookie year was fantastic because, you know, we, we got on a ride and we got on a run, but this with what we went through last year to, to now has just been like I bring on the Steelers for the division at this point I don't I'm not afraid I'm as I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of anybody so bring on the Steelers for the division and there is a crazy scenario that if the Browns win next week that they could still miss the playoffs with 11 wins so as much as I'd want to win the division I'm good with the Browns winning and either the Dolphins losing or the Colts losing. Yeah, I know the Steelers have to win, but I'm good with it. Let's get the Browns into the playoffs, and they'll be a tough out. I think they're going to be a tough out. I know their defense isn't very good, but they can score. Their offense can can score with the best of them. So let's just I just I just want them in at this point. I pray that the Cleveland Browns don't win 11 games and miss the playoffs. That would just <sighs> be an ultimate God hates Cleveland moment, Addy. But you've been pounding this drum, saying the Steelers are frauds. And if if that game last night proved anything, it's that the Steelers might very well be frauds. They're frauds. They're frauds. I mean, they, they have been banged up with injuries, you know, all over that defense, especially in the middle. But, you know, they were able to go out and get Avery Williamson, so it's not like it's been uh, – it's not like he's the worst player in the world. He's, he's, he's done a fine job. So, really, there's not a lot of excuses for this team. They haven't played anybody, though. I think that was what the, was propping them up, you know, the, 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 like – their toughest opponents were the Ravens and then the Bills, and they went, I think, one and two in those matchups. So, yeah, they just didn't play anybody. That team is just—they're not that special, you know. They don't have a running game. Is, is, Juju is Big is, Ben's arm? Is is his arm messed up? Uh, he's getting older, so you know, getting the in coming the cold. off the surgery, the Tommy John that surgery that could always be a factor. Uh, Juju can't stop doing the TikToks. That Did was, you see the Bengals tweet about they called him like a Pittsburgh TikToker? They didn't even <laughs> refer to him by name. That's it was, awesome. It and was just like they were roasting him on Twitter during that game. And that has to be done, right? You can't. You can't do of it. Of course, you can't go back on and do the logo. A, you can't and, go back and do a TikTok. No, I think next week. yeah, you're. I think I, I think Tomlin's probably going to be like, hey, you know, cut it. Yeah. Yeah, your fo- your phone guy that we've been allowing on the field. Yeah, he's yeah, out of he's, here. He's, he's he, he has COVID now. I felt I felt the worst for that guy. The guy that was holding out, standing out there yeah. holding the phone, filming him. I felt just really bad. It just made me feel empty inside watching yeah. that. Yeah, he probably like does he pay that guy? You think? 
I don't think so. Probably should. not. Probably should. He should. He should pay him a lot because this guy is just ruining his, his legacy and yeah. his reputation. Like, I, hey, I'm the guy that holds the phone for Juju to do his TikToks. I'm the human selfie stick for <laughs> Juju's TikToks. He's paying, he's paying him an exposure. I guess. I would not want that exposure. Like, no, can I, I just wear like a full body morph suit so no one knows who I am? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right, Mike. Well, we're we're happy to get you back on the pod. We've got an awesome episode lined up tonight. We're going to be talking week 16 rankings because we want to help people win some fantasy championships. So we're going to have you walk us through. Of course, you're doing the rankings over at 4for4.com. I believe, Mike, and, and I'm going to let you, it's okay to brag on yourself on this show. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you've been the leading IDP ranker in terms of accuracy most of the season, if not all season, correct? No, I've been, I think Ryan has held that title. Sitzman, IDP guru, is, he's, he's held that title. But I, I have been in the top five. I think I'm right now, I think I've settled into four. Okay, we're going to say he's number one, though. We're going to revisionist history that thing, Adam, and Mike's number one. We'll edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit that out. You're number one now, Mike. Um, I, I, I had, but I, if, if it does make it through, if, if I'm, I'm going to release the, I'm going to release the, the Waller cut so that the Waller cut I, and, and that I had nothing to do with that. Yes, that's true. We're just guessing you had like an outlier week. You had a you had a week off one, you know, where you finished dead last. <laughs> you let the intern take it one week, sure. and he he bombed for you, and you're like, now nah, I gotta Fired. climb out of this hole. Fired. It it was Juju's TikTok guy. <laughs> that's that's how he landed with Juju. He got fired by Mike. So, but you've been pumping out some awesome rankings, and I say that as someone who looks at them every single week. I use them to help make my lineup decisions. And so we're going to help you all win some championships. We're going to go through Mike's rankings for defensive line, linebacker, and DB, including some sleepers for each of those positions. And then we're going to get to a really fun segment. We're going to be talking IDP awards. So we've got roughly probably like six to eight categories here, Addy. We've all compiled some notes. We don't know Mike's pick. Mike's picks. He doesn't know ours. So it's going to be fun to see how we stack up in terms of these different categories. Oh, I'm so excited for the award ceremony. <laughs> Wish I would have dressed up a little more, Joshy. We couldn't, you couldn't even put on like a bow tie or anything? <laughs> I can go change. You, can, you, got, you got a suit in the car? Yeah. That's good. It's tux. A tux. That's Let's good. Keep one there you got to have one on hand at all times in it's case of an award to, show. It's, it's anything to get, any, to get any of us to put on pants at this point. I, mean, I know. Yeah. Especially you, you boys. You can't see below the table, but Adam has pants on. I mean, who knows? It's questionable. Actually, it's doubtful. It's a, We're going to downgrade that to, from questionable to doubtful. Well, it's a, it's a family tell. show. <laughs> it is a family show. You're right, Mike. But before we get into the rankings, give us the uh, Mike Willard update. Yeah, I, I got the playoffs in a few leagues. I missed championships. I got to the semis in a few, but no, no titles. I am... It look, does look like I'm shaping up to win one of our 4 for 4 staff best balls, so I've got that under my belt at least. So, But, yeah, no no championships, but judging by some of the tweets and emails I've gotten, people are playing for championships, so that's good. So I'll be answering question, those questions on my pod this week. So, again, cheap plug. If you are in any championship games, follow me on Twitter, tweet questions, and I will get to them on my podcast this week. 
That's right. We should mention the host of Mic'd Up with Mike Wallert. It has been holding it down inside the top 100 fantasy sports podcast this year, which has been amazing to see. So we're excited for that show. How are you doing, Mike? I mean, you you feeling okay? I mean, are you are you worn down at this point? Like, are, you I mean, know, I'm you're, good. you're a vet in the game at this point. He's, he's no, a I'm content good. producer. Like John Paulson's over there. I picture just cracking the whip, and I know he's not Mike's boss, but I just like to picture Paulson like, <laughs> Mike, where's your waiver article at like 4 a.m. on a Tuesday? Mike's like, oh, oh it's coming, oh, John. Sh- yeah, you should see the slack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can't imagine. Like, we do this pod for fun. We do it on our own time. Like, if we need to move around the dates, like, it's no big deal. But, like, my God, Adam, to actually have, like, a content schedule and uh, bosses that you're reporting to, I don't think we'd still be here. No, there's, like, you know, I'd say 40 to 50% of our shows, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like 8 o'clock, our show's in 30 minutes. I'm like, I have not done a bit of prep. <laughs> not a thing, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> and those are usually our best ones. Those are usually the best pods is when we do minimal prep and we just riff right. for like an hour That's and right. a half. We're stars, baby. That's nah, that. but 4 for 4 is all good. Josh Moore, good good people. Yeah, Paulson's good. It's it's a fantastic group to, to work with. There's no... Mike, where's this? You know, everybody gets their stuff done. You know, when you have to have it done, you make the time and you get it done and you help people win money. And That's judging right. by the, the feedback we've received, I think we've, I think 90%, maybe even, I think maybe even 93% of our subscribers made the playoffs this year. And that's wow. huge. It's that's huge. incredible. It's huge. So. It, when you get the when you get those type of tweets and especially some of the things that we've received, it, it does make it all worth it. As much as I would love to win a championship, but for people to put down their hard earned money to pay for your site and you help them win, that's honestly that's more rewarding. Yeah, there's there's so many there's a lot of good sites out there, a lot of places where you could put your money. I have chosen to put my money with 4 for 4 for the past two years, Addy. I just think they're one of the best in the game. Yep. No doubt about it. Mike, he's one of the best in the game. That's right. Just a bunch of professionals over there. That's all That's all that's going on. Professionals top to bottom. Just wearing suit and tie every day. Yep. On the Zoom call. Just Actually, professional. It's more track AF. suits. More track suit. It's a track, track suit. suit. There you, you go. go. 4 for that's- 4 track suit. <laughs> For, for, that would be great. I think we had a, a, a tracksuit at some we point. Did. Didn't yeah, we did. Yeah, the uh, we didn't, didn't make any sales. Surprising. But, that is uh, surprising. It was it was too sexy. People were worried that yeah. that it was just going to be like a, a chick magnet. They they would have been right. They would have oh, been correct. Been, oh, there's been some jealousy. Yeah, the tracksuits do cause a little bit of envy. It is there is tracksuit envy. Yeah, y'all got good gear. I always I noticed you always got some swag. You always got some four for four drip. The, the, the four for four logo yeah. is is good. It's versatile. It can go on yeah. a lot of stuff and look good. Yeah, some of the, the shirts and hoodies are probably the more comfortable things. I, and at this point of my life, my wardrobe is pretty much nothing but industry site swag that I wear. That's pretty much my entire wardrobe at this point. That makes sense. And you're yeah. lucky that the stuff looks good. Yeah, tracksuit envy. That'd be a good like indie band name. Ooh, I like that. Uh, that's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we need to we need to work on what would be the the name of their first song. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it is a podcast. <laughs> Maybe they just sit around and talk about tracksuits. <laughs> they want, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Did you see this one on eBay? Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, let's get into the rankings. Like I said, we are thrilled to have you back on the show. Glad you reached out. Glad we can help the listeners. Hopefully, make it across the finish line. That's the thing. You don't want to get to this point 
and suffer your last loss of the season in Week 16. You want to get across that finish line with a W. So that's what we're going to help folks do tonight with some rankings, and then we're going to have some fun with the awards. But let's kick things off, Mike, with the rankings. What position group do you want to start with? We're going to go through your top ten, and, of course, like we said, these rankings are available over at 4 for 4. Where do you want to start, Mike? Let's start at defensive back. All right, let's do it. So these are just my initial top tens. As always, they are subject to change as news breaks and just, you know, when I want to. But yeah, so far my initial top 10 for defensive back, I have at number one, I've got Buda Baker against the 49ers. I've got Jamal Adams against the Rams. Number three, Jordan Poyer against the Patriots. Number four, Jeremy Chin against the Washington football teamers. Number f- and I'm really surprised I've been able to catch that all year. I think I've only had maybe a couple of times where I've had to just like stop and be like, crap, they're not the Redskins. Um, number five, we've got Cameron Curl of the football teamers in that same game against the Panthers. Number six, Jesse Bates. And I think actually in my rankings, now that I'm looking at it, I accidentally ranked Jackie Bates. So you do not want to play Jackie Bates this week. Do you want not, to play Jackie you Moon? Play, you do you, not want to play Jackie Bates. Jackie Moon is fine in your in your fantasy league, but yes, Jesse Bates. I have at number six, and I will make that update. Number seven, John Johnson of the Rams against the Seahawks. Number eight, Justin Simmons of the Broncos against the Chargers. Number nine, Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs against the Atlanta Falcons. Rounding out the top ten, my favorite, the Matrix, Keanu Neal. Falcons against the Kansas City Chiefs in that same game. Love that. The one name that jumped out to me, Mike, because these are, I think, week 16, my mantra is dance with the girl you brought. Like, at this point, who took you to this mm-hmm. Who took you to this game? You're probably not making a lot of substantial changes, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of guys in here that feel sort of chalky, but that's understandable. The one name that jumped out to me, mm-hmm. and it was a guy I was curious about early in the offseason – and I haven't really tracked him because I didn't have him anywhere. It was John Johnson. Mm-hmm. How's he been this season fantasy-wise, Mike? You know, he's he's been he, he's been up and down. He's been the, the primary play caller. So, you know, it's basically he's getting he's he's still getting the snap volume. But since the bye week, he's been really on fire. He's actually had a pretty solid season. I mean, he's at he's at 95 tackles. Not really many of the big plays. He's got an interception and eight defended passes. But, I mean, since the bye week, he's had one week of fewer than 13 fantasy points in your more balanced tackle heavy. So he's been a pretty solid producer all season. Like I said, 95 tackles. And he's been, I believe, a top 10 DB throughout the, the entire season. I think I think Taylor Rapp got some of the, the, the early season love and, and Jordan Fuller got some love at the beginning, you know, with some of the big plays and some of the, you know, his shiny new guy. But John Johnson's, I think he's he's really held it down. And I think since even Micah Kaiser went down, it's basically been him and Troy Reader getting the majority of the tackles. Okay, what about Buddha Baker? I know there's there may be some folks out there that are a little concerned about Buddha, but you have him there at one, so Tell the folks at home why you're so optimistic about Buddha, even though he's kind of struggled a little bit lately. Because it's Buddha Baker. I'm going with the guy that that brought me. He's my he was probably your your top DB. I couldn't live with myself if I benched him for someone like 
Marcus Epps, and Marcus Epps doesn't do anything, but I have Buda Baker on my bench going off for 20 points. I mean, against the 49ers in week one, he had 15 tackles and 25 points in most in most formats. So I'll I'll live with a potential poor performance than than live with the consequences of what he can actually do. Yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent. I'm just saying there is that chance that someone has like Jamal Adams and Cameron Curl, you know, and Buddha Baker has all three of them. Yeah. But, oh, um, yeah. I mean, if, if you're left with that type of decision, yeah, that's a little tougher, but if you, then if you have that trio, boy, God bless you. If you have that trio, you're the greatest you're, IDP player in the world. If, if, you if, you're, have that yeah, trio. if you're able to get Jamal Adams and, and Buddha Baker on your team, then yeah. But I mean, if you're, if you drafted Buda Baker and you've, you know, and you've got, you know, maybe a, a lesser known name, just obviously you're, you're, you're going Baker. Yeah. And it's a great matchup this week. They're playing San Fran. We just yep. saw Donovan Wilson have a huge game against San Fran. That's usually yep. a, a great matchup for safety. So yeah, I'm with you, Mike. Just yep. wanted to, uh, just wanted to test your brother. You passed. <laughs> Good job. Now, uh, Jesse Bates, this is another guy that it was sort of this interesting question this off season of which Bengals safety mm-hmm. is it going to be for IDP? You had Jesse Bates, Mm-hmm. Sean Williams was in the mm-hmm. mix. I think there was a injury or suspension earlier in the season for him. Probably both, kept, I think. Yeah, so he was out for a little bit there at the beginning of the year. And then mm-hmm. you also had Von Bell signing yep. the big deal coming over. It seems like Jesse Bates really has been the guy to emerge here for this Bengal safety group, Mike. And he has, and it's and it's he's he's the one of the one of the few exceptions to you can't you know, deep safeties don't matter, and he does. 15 defended passes, three picks, 97 tackles. So, I mean, I think he's had two games of fewer than double of less than a double digit fantasy points. So, he just yeah, he's and what's funny is he sounds he's I figured he's been in the league 4, 5, 6 years, but it's only his this is only his third year. He's only 23, so I mean, he's he's going to be around a while. Arrow up for dynasty purposes, as we'll talk about. Yep. Yeah, we'll mention him in the awards ceremony, I'm pretty sure. There's, uh, yeah, th- th- that was kind of one of the takeaways I had, and we'll get into it when we get into the awards section, is that DB, pretty, like I said, chalky. I mean, you had some mm-hmm. guys jump up that were surprising, the Cameron Curls. Mm-hmm. But that was because Landon Collins went out. Exactly, yep. stepped into a great role there, but still, seventh-round rookie, a little yeah. bit of a surprise. Nice. Um, but a lot of these guys, these were these were all safeties that were being – hyped up before the season so i want to move now to a position that has also seen some pretty good chalk mike but uh, i feel like there might be some surprises here in your top 10 we'll see let's talk about linebacker all right with linebacker if i can get to it here yeah little uh, uh, yeah a few a few a few surprises but yeah it for the most part i think you're starting your your normal guys but at number one I've got Blake Martinez at number one. The Ravens, I believe, are allowing the most points and are allowing, I think, well over 20 tackles a game into the linebacker position. So I've got Blake Martinez at number one. I've got Darius Leonard at number two against the Steelers. I've got Roquan Smith, number three, against the Jaguars. Uh, Number four, I've got Devin White against the Detroit Lions. Number five, I've got Bobby Wagner against the Rams. Number six, Demario Davis against the Vikings. Number seven, Jalen, or I'm sorry, number seven, Joe Schobert against the Chicago Bears. Number eight, Jalen Smith against the Eagles. Number nine, Alex Singleton against the Cowboys. And rounding out my top ten, 
I'm going to make a change here on the fly. So I had number at number 10, I had Levante David, but you know what? I think I'm going to put Terrell Adams at number 10 with Levante David at, at 11. But that is my linebacker rankings. Love that. Yeah, love that last-minute change right there. I was wondering, I was like, is he going to slip Tyrell in here? He's got to. I mean, we'll touch on him in the awards, but gosh, what a pickup this guy's been. Yeah, as soon as McKinney went out, Tyrell Adams just seemed to just kind of take over and wore the dot, called the plays, gets the tackles. But there seems to be – it's one of those duos, though, him and and Zach Cunningham. There seems to be enough for for both of them because even with Zach Cunningham, even with his snaps getting cut, you know, he returned 100% last week, but him and Cunningham have been, I think, is equally productive. I mean, Adams has, has certainly been slightly better, but Cunningham, I don't think he's missed a beat. He's still getting anywhere between 8 to 10 tackles on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, I, I did some math earlier. Tyrell Adams is averaging uh, 10.3 tackles per game the last, I guess, since week five. Mm-hmm. Wow pretty wild that's nice yeah that's such as like solid floor right there yep which is really what you're asking for from your linebacker it's just like don't get me like three points you know he's been fantastic man i mean better than mckinney it's just you know you gotta keep that in mind oftentimes when the starters go out these guys that will come in and do better than them so uh, that's the nature of the position sometimes it's yeah it's like they're like running backs you know one guy goes out and a guy comes in and i they've got the volume and that equals the opportunity yeah, I mean it is weird though. Tyrell's like he's leading the he's leading all of them in, in snaps now. He's he's out snapping uh, Cunningham and like you mentioned, getting the wearing the de- uh, green dot and all that yep. stuff. So yep. is interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. So you had our boy Blake Martinez mm-hmm. that we said before the season. I think my my verbiage was just in a year that feels so topsy turvy, just cling to what is safe. And Blake yep. Martinez and IDP is safe. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice when some things just make sense. And Blake Martinez just, you know, getting all the tackles there with Big Blue feels good, feels normal. It makes me happy in my heart and in my soul. It also makes me happy you have Darius Leonard there at number two, I think mm-hmm. you said, Mike. Number two, yep. Yeah, I don't know how many linebackers in the league have the big play kind of instincts, nose for the ball necessary to punch that ball out of Kiki QT's hands last week and get the Colts that victory. As a Colts fan, I was sitting there sweating bullets as the Texans are once again driving. Every time we play Houston, it's a close game, comes right down to the wire. It was like Groundhog Day all over again with a fumble at the goal line deciding the game. But Leonard, you know, had a little bit of a dip, you know, earlier in the season, but he has been everything IDP managers could want here near the end, Mike. Yeah, he suffered an injury, I think, in week four, caused him to miss a few games. And then since since getting himself rested and healthy after the bye week, he's been his elite self. I think he's four or five games of, of double-digit tackles. And he does. He provides you not only a safe floor, but he's got that big play upside. Two sacks since the bye week, five defended passes, and if he's if if he's going to punch it, he can punch the ball. So yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can say. He's just he's been that guy. He is. He is that guy. He is the heart and soul of that defense. DeForest Buckner is right there with him in terms of importance for that team. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. It it feels good to see. You know, you had Alex Singleton there and yep. Tyrell Adams as well, rounding out the top 10. 
that makes sense. That's where they should be. It feels DB and LB feel pretty similar, though, in terms of if you if you drafted wisely and avoided injury. Of course, mm-hmm. there's always injury, right, yep. in, in fantasy football. Yep. But you you're probably have roughly the same guys that you started the season with. The position that I think has seen the most turnover, the most uncertainty, the, that's been the most topsy-turvy throughout the season, Mike, is defensive line. Yeah. So let's go now to your Week 10 rankings, and I feel like we're going to hear some names that if you had said prior to the season – Going into your championship week, these are the guys you can count on in the top 10. Returning to your analogy, Mike, we just said, where are the drugs and how can I procure them for from you for, to, to numb this pain that I'm feeling? So let's go through your defensive lineman rankings. Number one, I've got Miles Garrett. Now, he's, I, I have to say, I, I still am trusting him. There's no way you can bench Miles Garrett at this point just because he, he can just get three sacks with, with within the blink of an eye. But it I would say COVID, I think, has had a little bit of an effect on him. But I'm still rolling him out there. So I've got Miles Garrett, number one, against the Jets. I've got Aaron Donald, uh, number two, against the Seahawks. I've got Jason Pierre-Paul, number three, against the Lions. Number four, Joey Bosa against the Broncos. Number five, Chase Young against the Panthers. Number six, Cameron Jordan against the Vikings. Number seven, J.J. Watt against the Bengals. Number eight, Demarcus Lawrence against the Eagles. And in the same game, I've got Brandon Graham against the Cowboys. And rounding out my top ten, I've got DeForest Buckner against the Steelers. Okay, so some some notable names on there. Not too crazy. Yeah. It's good to hear Chase Young's name inside of the top ten. The aforementioned DeForest Buckner. Demarcus Lawrence, Addy. Started the year just ice cold. Might as well have just kicked him off a cliff for what he was doing for your IDP squads. But he has rounded into form here late in the season. Yeah, he's been great, man. I mean, he's really saved his value. I mean, this was someone that I kind of thought like, oh, no, it's over for him. But but no, hasn't been the case. I mean, he, he's he's looked really good. And, yeah, he, he's, he's backed that up with the stats. So it looks like he's DE9 right now on the year. Wow. Yeah, love to see that with for from Demarcus. Considering he was in like uh, DB forty five territory right. early in the year, it's pretty remarkable to see him inside the top twelve now. Speaks to how well he's been playing as of late. Here's yeah. someone. Here's someone that's kind of been disappointing though for me that that you had it. I think it was seven. Mike Cameron Jordan. Yes. What's been up with him this year? Ah, it's you know, it, I, I hate to say you know, variants or, you know, whatever, but it's just been one of those weeks. He had Patrick Mahomes in his sights last week and Mahomes did this Michael Jordan-esque move from like, that was out of 1991 playoffs when he juked John Starks and Charles Oakley spins around and does this move along the baseline, spins around and does this move. He did, you know, I somehow got Cameron Jordan on his skates and it was a really embarrassed, you know, just it flat out embarrassed him. So it's just been one of those things. He's got, he's got hits, but just has been a couple of steps late on a few instances on, on sacks. But I, I do like the matchup here. I think he's got a, a nice tackle floor and, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't the most fleet of foot. So, you know, there's certainly, he's no Patrick Mahomes when it comes to the escapability. So Kirk Cousins tends to hold the ball to the ball a little longer. So keeping that in mind, I, I do like Jordan a little bit this week. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, not a guy that gets talked about with the the 
Kyler Murray's and the Josh Allen's Mm -hmm. of the world, these really fast fleet of foot quarterbacks, but he is so slippery in the pocket. That move he made where he stepped sideways and then I think he stepped up into the pocket to Mm -hmm. avoid two rushers, incredible, and then deliver that strike. I mean, he's doing things on the football field I've just never seen someone do before, week in and week out. Him, yeah, him and him and Lamar Jackson. I watched it when I was watching that game Monday night against the Ravens. Both of them are like, for me as a Cavs fan, watching Stephen Curry, like how, 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 how you have him bottled up and he launches a three pointer from like 45 feet and it's nothing but net. And Lamar Jackson just drops back. Just boom. next thing you know, he's gone. You're just like, how, how is he doing that? I just sucks. It's like, all right, well, the Browns are finally good, and now we have to deal with these. Now we got to deal with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in our conference. Yeah, exactly. For the next, oh, you know, fifteen Decade, plus years. Yeah, and I, and I feel like there's been some like Lamar hate this year. I don't yeah. know. It's just it just feels like there's, and he hasn't been as good as he was last year, of course. But I mean, he still is incredible. They, he still doesn't have you know the weapons that I think yeah. he should have. But man, there there should be no hate on that guy. Hold that, on, that, you don't no. think thirty eight year old or whatever Des Bryant throwing <laughs> up the X? He's got Hollywood and he's got Mark Andrews. But then yeah, you're right, Des Bryant, Willie Sneed, Miles uh, Boykin. Miles Boykin's fine, but you know, still that's not that's. Anytime you're saying Miles Boykin, Boykin is fine, the weapons are not good. I'm just point. I'm just pointing that out. That, did you that, see? That, that, did that. you see that Pro Bowl video that surfaced though of him trying to hit those targets? Yeah, that's right. Did not look good. Not that, good. That harkens back when you say Miles Boykin. That just reminds me of a huge rant. Someone in Cleveland Sports Radio went on. Someone called in. Is like, yeah, you got to give Clifford Charlton a chance in the bronze receiver court. It's like, no, no, I'm done with all. No, 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 no. Get me good players. I'm done with these Clifford Charltons and <laughs> Kaderil Hodges, or although Kaderil Hodges isn't bad, but I'm done with the the, the all these names. I'm done with I the one percent chance this yeah, guy could yeah. be like marginally above average. Yeah, yeah. It's four years of this is his year. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. enough. We can put this to bed. We can it's not happening, brother. Not happening, and that's okay. Like it's it okay. doesn't happen. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, so let's, Mike, let's go through now. We know the top 10. We know the lay of the land. But let's start back at DB. Who's a guy outside the top 10? We've got some managers out there that I'm sure are having to make decisions. So who is a guy outside your top 10 that you think has some nice upside for championship weekend? I think I I wrote him up in the waiver wire article. I think Marcus Epps took over for Rodney McLeod. Kind of a deep safety, but I, I like the matchup with the Cowboys, and I think he's someone who could potentially have kind of that top 15 type upside this week. That is not a guy I'd heard of. Is this a yeah, – I know Rodney McLeod went out recently with the injury, so mm-hmm. this is a guy that's been filling in maybe for like a week or two? If Yeah, let me just – yeah, I think he, he had actually a pretty big game last week, but, yeah, it hasn't been – very long. He had uh, seven tackles last week. I think he had a pick. He had a really nice pick off Kyler Murray in the end zone. A couple of defended passes. So just kind of came up out of the out of the blue last week. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm glad you wrote him up in the 
waiver wire article because that feels like a guy that's out there on probably 95% of waiver wires, I'd say. Probably 110% of them. I was going to say, I didn't want to go to 100 in case there's that one lady that's like, oh, we, we actually have him rostered. It's like, well, congrats. I'm his mom. I have him in my on Exactly. My in my family league where it's yeah. just it's just Epps, all the Epps players. They were fighting I have over him at the I have him in my 16-team all-NFC East League. There you go. Leave me alone. Yeah. He may be still unowned in a few of those leagues. Uh, <laughs> quite a possibility. Addy, you got some stats for us or something? Uh, any, any relation to Omar Epps? That's what I was looking up. I was like, is Omar Epps in the last dance that, or saved the last dance? That's what I was trying to find. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I don't think he was. Those are the stats I'm looking up, Josh. Yeah, that's. that's is there a relation? Do we know? He, it's his dad. He, it's his dad. He's gonna be. Yeah, he's the. He'll be his son. He'll be taking over in in Thunder and Lightning two, the sequel of the in that movie that he was in in Major League two. I love that. That's amazing. Save the second to last dance. Yes. <laughs> Save the first dance. <laughs> It's a prequel. Oh God! All right, so that was DB Mike. Let's move to linebacker. Give us another sleeper that you like. David Long, I think, has another chance to be productive against the Packers. Aaron Jones, pretty shifty out of the backfield, runs the ball. So I, I think David Long has a chance to kind of be that another one of those top, has a chance to be kind of that top 25, top 20 guy. I was going to say Neville Hewitt, but I think a lot of people know Neville Hewitt. I don't know if he really uh, counts as a sleeper anymore. But, yeah, I think David Long has that opportunity this week. Is he still wearing the green dot there in Tennessee? Yes. Okay, so that's good. Yep. We like guys that are wearing the green dot because that means they're going to have the opportunity. So David Long, a name that's been floating around out there but may have been dropped. People, you know, not as impressed, you know, coming in for Jayon Brown. I think people's expectations maybe were a little bit higher yep. than where he's performed. But you're saying he has maybe top 25 upside. I like it. Yeah, and one other guy, Harvey Lange. I'd like playing linebackers now against the Browns just because they um, run the ball a little bit more now with with Chubb. And I think Anthony Hitchens has landed on the COVID list. So he still has a chance to play. I think he has to go probably the rest of the week with testing negative. And as much as it pains me to say it, and as ugly as the situation is in Kansas City, if Anthony Hitchens misses the game, I'm, it's it's I can feel my stomach gurgling and bubbling even saying his name Ben Neiman could have some IDP value he actually played 85% of the snaps I can't believe a Kansas City linebacker played more than 80% of the snaps so Ben Neiman is you know it's, I've, you, you, I've won, I even want to say it like how Seinfeld says Newman Neiman yeah. Neiman hello so, Neiman a couple other names yeah, unfortunately, this just broke three hours ago. Harvey Lange going to IR. Oh, oh. well yeah. then. All right. Well, I'm glad I gave out Ben Neiman. Now I've got to release. Now I gotta get out. Lange. Okay. Yeah, you're good. So sub old Lange out of there. Old Harv. That's right. You don't get canceled tonight, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about defensive line. Who's a guy outside the top ten that you've got your eye on, Mike? I think you can go back to the well with Yannick Ngakwe this week against a really bad Giants offensive line. So I like Yannick Ngakwe. And just kind of going through real quick. Yeah, that's just kind of the name. And actually with, I think, Brian Burns potentially out, I think this potentially could be a Yitter Gross Matos week. Ooh, Yitor Grossmatos, one of our favorite names, Eddie. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw that name out as well. 
Get your gross matus. <laughs> That's a great, great analysis. Did you have to Google who his dad was too? <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I know you will. <laughs> you guys want to wait for me? No, that's okay. We'll we'll vamp until you find it. All right. Well, that was fun, Mike. We appreciate you giving us the rundown here. Hopefully, that was helpful to our listeners as they're trying to make these lineup decisions. Like I said, folks, if you don't already, make sure you have a four for four sub so you can get these rankings every week from Mike. Uh, so, Mike, let's move now into the dessert here. That was the main course. We're moving into the dessert round now. This is going to be fun, a little different. It's the end of the year. And when you reach the end of some kind of season or year, I'm thinking like, you know, school. They have the award show at the end of every school year. That's kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have an IDP award show. And we have several categories here that we've dreamed up, most of them positive a a couple negative and we're going to give out awards to players for these various categories so mike as our guest we will let you go first and we've got a few options here we don't want to overlap so if you say one of ours we'll just pivot to somebody else but we're going to kick things off with the most impressive idp performance of 2020 who you going with mike if you don't mind, I've got two, just because one is kind of a weird one, and then one is a really just fantastic one. So if you don't mind, if you can bear with me. Go for it. All right. Well, the first one I'm going to say is Isaiah Simmons in week 12. He played just 16 snaps, but managed five tackles and a sack in just 16 snaps. That um, is he- and, hella productive and, right there. And if in, in most instances, he probably got you... 17 snaps so basically in in 16 every snap he's getting at least one fantasy point so anytime when you can average more than one point per snap that's pretty impressive that's amazing that's like a a prolific (laughs) pace right there yeah could you imagine if he actually played the full game who knows what he would have done but um, he'd be a lock for 50 points every week that would have been the greatest player fantasy fantasy history (laughs) he would have broke the system (laughs) he would have (laughs) but my but but my in but my main but my main one is, is still week twelve is Jeremy Chin thirteen tackles two fumble recoveries one forced fumble and two touchdowns. There you go. That Huge is, week. Is just, he's so good. That and, was, we, yeah. and we knew this, but it's been fun to watch him make plays, different types of plays all over the field. Addy, we're big Chin guys, as we know. It's our favorite body part. Mm. It's just nice to see someone, yeah, you know, live up to the expectation. You know, he was came into a perfect role, and uh, he's delivered. A lot, there was all that talk. Why don't they take Simmons? Why do, why do they not take Simmons? Well, they, they got saw, Chin. They saw Jeremy Chin, yeah. and they knew. And most the importantly, double. he was one of the few safeties that didn't get hurt at the beginning of the season. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. We lost Xavier McKinney. We lost Grant, Grant Delpit. Delpit. <laughs> yep. So it's good to have those rookie safeties hang in there and actually be able to perform for your team. And I love that, Mike, because you went with uh, a couple performances we didn't even have on our list. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so we will. We actually did this by fantasy points. I went through and looked on week by week just to see who was the highest scoring That's IDP every single week. And so this is fantasy points. So we'll give mm-hmm. you the two runners up, and then we'll give you our winner. Mm-hmm. So week 12, this is the one I thought you were going with. Joey Bosa had 45.3 
points. This mm-hmm. is Fantasy Pro's standard scoring. If you mm-hmm. just go over there and look at their weekly leaderboard. So, yeah, 45.3 points, depending on your scoring setup. That could be even more if you were in a big play league. So that was uh, a runner-up there. The other runner-up, Hassan Reddick, week 14, yeah. 44.5 points. Mike, I think this was the five-sack game. Is that, that right? That was the five-sacker against, I believe, the Giants. Was it Giants? Yep. Yeah, he really abused Andrew Thomas. That he did. And Daniel Jones on a bum leg as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, Hassan Reddick. But the winner for us, because this performance, we know, propelled – several fantasy managers including guys that we know personally into the championship game we're talking about devin white week 15 41.5 points just making plays all over the field mike and as a devin white fan it was a beautiful thing to watch yeah hat trick and sacks that was his second three sack game of the season so it's and actually he's gotten out of his eight sacks two of Six of them have come between two games. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's been a tackle mo- monster. 130 tackles as well on the season. 13 tackles for loss. A big second year. I believe in our league, at least, as the LB1 right now with Roquan Smith nipping at his heels just a few points behind. But, man, for all those Devin White managers out there, Addy, it's been a beautiful year. Three sacks this past week. To get, that gave him eight on the year. That's what Mike was saying. And, uh, and six of them have come in two just, games. That's I just mean, wild, man. So, yeah, I mean, he eight, leads eight. Lead, leads all linebackers he? with uh, pressures. Wow. Yeah, 25. That's amazing. He's just been awesome. And he he's a gamer, man. Like, he, the, the Bucks needed, like, someone to step up in that game. They were being drubbed, drubbed by the Falcons. And you saw that team come to life on the back of that Devin White performance. So I'm a little bit biased. I love Devin White. He was one of my favorite players coming into the season, but he gets our vote for most impressive performance. So let's go to another category here, Mike, that is a lot of fun to discuss. And we're only going to pick one guy across all positions. So it's pretty tough. We're curious to hear where you come down. Best waiver wire pickup. Who are you going with, Mike? Well, looking across all positions, me being a uh, a guy who loves linebackers, loves tackles, that's pretty much what I focus on. Best waiver wire pickup, plus he re- replaced a really bad linebacker who really had no business really being on the field, and that just shows. So my waiver wire pickup is Alex Singleton of the Eagles. Since really overtaking that role, I think in week 10, uh, week 10, he's He's only had one game of fewer than double-digit tackles. You know, week 10, 16 tackles. Week 11, 13 tackles. Week 12, 5. But week 13, 11 tackles. 14, 11 tackles. 15 tackles. So he's pretty much, at least in my opinion, has been, for the most part, probably going to be a league winner for, as a waiver wire pickup. Has great hair. Addy loves the hair. Mm, it's, a big, it's a big thing for me. Big turn on. But makes you put down, plop down some more fab dollars sure. when you're going after him. Sure. <laughs> All right, so Alex Singleton is Mike's pick. Addy, you have a different one for me, so let's go with yours next. Okay, for me, it's we've touched on him a little bit earlier. Tyrell Adams. Yep. Just currently the he's a linebacker twenty one and he didn't take over until week five. Like I mentioned earlier, averaging ten point three tackles a game. This has worked out to almost sixteen points a game. That is top twelve linebacker. I love that. All the way. So yeah, Tyrell Adams been awesome just taking over since he's gotten you know since he's gotten his opportunity just taking over 
I'm a little bit biased toward Devin White. I have him in our main league. I think you're biased toward Tyrell Adams because he has your name in his name. It helps. <laughs> Tyrell Markham Adams. It helps. You are so biased, but I do love that pick, Adam. So other guys we want to throw out here. This was this was tough because there's a lot of good waiver wire pickups as there is every year. So some other guys we'll throw in here before we get to my pick that we had on our list. Uh, Foisade Aluakun sitting mm-hmm. at LB15. Eric Wilson, Daniel Sorensen, Cameron Curl, Trey Hendrickson sitting at the DE8 right now, DE10, Stefan Tuitt, and DE13, Kerry Hyder. All guys that were available on waiver wires to start your season. But my choice, and I'll explain why, because I think you could have gone multiple places with this linebacker position, but I'm going with Neville Hewitt, the yep. LB11 on the season, Mike. And here's the reason why. Because much like the Eagles, if you were able to decipher who was the linebacker to roster there in New York and you correctly identified Neville Hewitt, tip of the cap to you. Because trying to figure out that Rubik's Cube of rotating linebackers made my head spin. I just went elsewhere. So if you held on to Neville Hewitt, you've been rewarded with a top 12 linebacker, Mike. Yeah, there was a, a group. It was what Blake Cashman. I didn't even factor in Patrick Onwuso. I just knew he wasn't going to even be. I didn't even factor him in. I knew he wasn't going to be part of it. But you had, I think, you had Blake Cashman. You had Avery Williamson. You did have Hewitt. A you had Lange in the mix. You had Lange, and I think Williamson. I think a lot. I would think we all assumed Williamson was going to be part of it, just because you know maybe they're easing back from injury. But yeah, Hewitt. He he survived. That he did, and uh, with a name like Neville, that's that's even more impressive. It's the opposite of Tyrell Adams. It's it's no no appeal or sex appeal there at all whatsoever. Eddie. Neville, Neville, just change it. Sure, he gets roasted quite a bit. He has to. Neville Hewitt, oh you blew it, Hewitt. <laughs> like just come on, man. We're trying to help you out here. Just change the name. Get a swag your name. All right, so. The, the next category here is best value at defensive lineman, linebacker, and DB. Now, the classification or the clarification, I should say, here is that waiver wire, these were guys that we can assume were undrafted. Best value, these are guys we can assume in most leagues were drafted. So that's the differentiator here. Guys that you got really late in the draft that have paid huge dividends. A lot of guys that are finishing inside the top 12. Mike, kick us off with your pick for defensive lineman, the best value. You know what? I went to Marcus Lawrence. I think he was drafted. I saw him going very, very late in most drafts just because of last season. Very not as productive as he was. I think the kind of the injury, some of his injuries had the people off of him, but I drafted him pretty late. I was, you know, I was getting him in the mid, mid, late rounds. And I think at this point, even, you know, he's 50 tackles, five and a half sacks, which isn't horrible. And I think in, at least in my league, he's been a, a top DL. He's been a DL eight in balanced tackle format. So you draft someone that late. I think that's pretty good value in return. Yeah, can't go wrong there. You're right. That was definitely a later drafted guy. So I love that pick to Marcus Lawrence. Like we said, and if you had the faith to hang in there and hold on to him, you're being rewarded now. Addy, we had some good contenders. This, for me, was the toughest pick amongst these three positions. The other two, there was an obvious pick for DB. I really struggled on linebacker. We'll get to that. But defensive linemen, 
Before we reveal the winner, who are some other guys that were in the mix for this? Leonard Williams, Romeo Aquara. That's right. Quinnen Williams, Brian Burns, JPP, and Montez Sweat, just to name a few. Yeah, so just to name a few guys that were probably going pretty late in your draft, but for us, the defensive lineman, the best value was Quinnen Williams. This was a guy I know personally I left for dead. And in defensive tackle required leagues especially, he has been an absolute stud. Sitting right now is the D-tackle three in our league, only three points behind DeForest Buckner and only 17 points behind Aaron Donald. So basically one point per game less than potentially the defensive player of the year. Mike, you have to love what Quentin Williams has done here in his second year. Yeah, probably one of the very lone bright spots out of the green and white that is the New York Jets. So, yeah, probably one of the lone bright spots a player that's probably one of the few that is probably trying. Uh, trying yeah, and is is, is going to stick around next year for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Quentin Williams is our pick. Linebacker. We'll get to ours in just a sec, but I want to hear yours first, Mike. Who was the best value at linebacker in your mind? Even though he's, he's missed last week and he's been hurt, I still think... I still think Eric Kendricks got drafted a little later than probably where he should. And he's someone that was yep. uber productive all season up until I think last week when he was inactive, he might miss the last week or two, but I think Eric Kendricks, I think he was drafted as the 20 anywhere between the 26th and maybe the 30th between 26 and 30th linebacker. And just looking at some of the ADP, you had guys like Mac Wilson go ahead of him. Matt Milano, I think went ahead of him. So that is egregious. ADP, that is outrageous. Yeah, had, had an ADP of about 140. So what? That just looking at MFL data. So I, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how really accurate it is, but just kind of looking at that. Even Shaq Barrett, guys like Shaq Barrett went ahead of him. Alexander Johnson, Kenneth Murray, those guys. I mean, I there's no way I'm drafting those guys ahead of of Eric Hendricks. So. Another hunter tackle season. I think he had a shot at 130 before injury, but still top linebacker and just continues to get disrespected, in my opinion. I cannot believe that blows my mind. I thought Kendricks was probably going somewhere around like 15 to 20 range. I remember that. I remember we talked about that. He was he was definitely one of the better values that we you know. Oh my gosh, we're talking about that's that's mind blowing. Of course. We're in so many keeper leagues, we don't see, yep. at least I personally don't see a lot of like where guys are going in true like redraft situations, you know? So that blows my mind. It's like, are, are ID play, IDP players just bored? Like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, what, what, Kendricks what was good last year, too. There's yep. a lot of guys like that yep. that just kind of, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, Blake Martinez was also another example of that this year. He's not sexy. Like right. we're kind of we're tired of how good you are. Is essentially that that mantra. I yeah. feel like Joe Schobert, <laughs> kind of same stuff. You're just too good. You're too. You're just good. too, and we're we're tired. We're it's, done with you. I'm done with you. I I don't need your 140 potential tackles and a <laughs> I mean, league championship. I don't need that. It's outrageous, and I'm mad about it. But that's a great pick, Mike. So some other guys that we had here we want to bring up at linebacker and daddy i'll let you pick here i had a guy highlighted like i said I, this was tough because most of the linebackers felt pretty much how we thought they were going to go so it wasn't like there was a lot of late round linebackers that jumped up into the top 12 or the top 18 or whatever but some guys worth mentioning here jerome baker miles jack 
Patrick Queen and Levante David. Eddie, who would you pick from that foursome there? I think for me it's going to be Patrick Queen. Think so? Just because, you know, in redraft especially, I think a lot of people faded him just because he's a rookie, new guy. And right now he sits at LB12. He's got huge big play upside. I know he's a little inconsistent week to week, but that's what we see with rookies usually, you know, in, in his mold. We saw it with Devin White year one. But, yeah, I think that would be my guy. I feel like he was being drafted, like, you know, linebacker 24 to 30. And he's, you know, he's done nothing but return on that value. He scored more points than Darius Leonard as of right now. Now, keep in mind, Leonard was out for a few games. But still, that's nice if you can be outpacing, you know, the LB1 in most redraft leagues as a late-drafted guy. So, good pick there, Addy. I'm glad you pivoted. I had said Miles Jack originally wasn't thrilled. I mean, it's just... Linebacker was pretty chalky. If you go back and look at a lot of the preseason rankings, with the exception of some injuries, that's pretty much how things have fallen, with a few exceptions. So yeah, let's I finish up. Miles Jack for the most part. Did you? Yeah, yeah I did too. I, I was like, this guy, because he was playing in the wrong position mm-hmm. last year, I just thought this guy's not any good. Turns out he is good when you put him in the right position, Mike. Well, even when he was playing at that position, I think on the on the outside – the last time he played that, he played over, I want to say he played 1,100 snaps. He still only had a 9% tackle rate. Still barely got 100 tackles in over 1,100 snaps. So his his efficiency has just not been good. But all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Maybe Joe Schobert put him more in a position. I don't know. I Maybe coaching. I, I don't know. Something Something clicked this year. Well, and he's still only twenty five. So I mean, he's you know, only twenty five. We gotta, we gotta wow. let some of these guys, you know, have time to develop. And he's I, been, he's in a shithole down there in Jacksonville. It's true, it's the worst. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought, I thought when the Browns made a trade with the Jaguars, I thought it was going to be him coming over to help the linebackers. Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. But well, let's let's wrap up here with DB Mike. Who's your pick for the best value at the defensive back position? I'm going to go Adrian Phillips of the New England Patriots. Not many linebackers that play a whole lot of snaps in New England. I mean, every it just seemed like everybody opted out. There was no Patrick Chung, no Donta Hightower, Landon Roberts gone, Kyle Van Noy gone. Adrian Phillips had that versatility that I think that Bill Belichick likes coming from the Chargers, and he's been put in that position to produce. It's you know it's really tough to put a gauge get a gauge on, on New England IDPs. I generally, for the most part, avoid it. But with everybody opted out, it's almost like by default, he, you know, someone's got to play defense. And I think Adrian Phillips is a guy you probably could get really, really, really late. And at least in in my league, he's the eighth overall DB scoring. And, you know, he's hit the 100 tackle mark, four defended passes, and a couple of picks. So that's pretty good value. Absolutely. That was one of two guys on our list, and that was not the guy that we went with. Even though it was very close for us, this was obvious that it was Jeremy Chin. This was, um, Mm -hmm. unless you were in that kind of dynasty sphere and also playing redraft, most redraft-only players, Addy, I feel like we're not on the Jeremy Chin train. Who? Who? Jeremy Chin? Who? Who? Is that what they were doing? That was yeah. a good impersonation. I love that. I was just going to let you go with it, see how far you took it. Jimmy Chin? Huh? Well, what, what, what's your chin? What was interesting, and it's a good pick, I, I think in mo, in just, I, I think in general, I think he might have gone late, but some of the, I, I just kind of was looking at some of the, 
ADP. And Jeremy Chin, after August drafts, was the 15th DB off the was around the 15th defensive back off the board. Still good value. But I think before those drafts, I think if you were doing drafts in either after the, the, the actual NFL draft or if you're doing spring drafts, yeah, you were getting him tail, tail end of your draft. And you were like, all right, I, I think I got something here. If you were putting the dots together of Eric Reed, safety yep. two last year, yep. Jeremy Chin plugged straight into that position. Yep. Hmm, maybe I should take this guy. Yep. You are definitely feeling real good right now. And yeah, he's he's 20 points off the leader and safety. He's the safety six in our main league, 20 points behind Jordan Poyer. So he's been everything you could have hoped for coming in as a rookie there in a rebuilding on the fly Carolina Panthers defense. Yeah, he's the DB3 in my scoring. It's it's Poyer, Buddha, and Chin, top three in, in my scoring. There you go. So I love when I can get a top three guy even, you know, outside the, the like you said, around around DB15. That's, uh, that's amazing value. Good. I'll Still take that value. all yep. day. Yep. Yeah, so let's go to breakout rookie. And uh, there's one guy on our list here. So we're going to see if we have overlap, that's just who it's going to be because we have no backups, Mike. But who is your pick for breakout rookie? These were the guys not really getting a lot of the buzz going into, you know, not not the Chase Youngs of the world, but the guys a little more under the radar coming into their first year. Who was your pick? So I think this name could surprise because I think I think I used my psychic abilities to kind of guess what yours would be. Yeah, but we talked up guys like Jeremy Chin. We talked up Patrick Queen. We talked up Kenneth Murray, those guys. But I'm going to say A.J. Terrell. Quiet season from an IDP standpoint. 62 tackles, three forced fumbles, and five defended passes. So if you were in a a cornerback-type required league or, you know, you were looking for that that good cornerback, I think A.J. Terrell made my list as as a pretty good breakout rookie. Oh, that's amazing. I think anytime we can get, because uh, he's a, what, cornerback for the Falcons, right? Yep, and targeted very heavily. I think he had, like, I think he was thrown out, like, 13 times one either last week or the week before. But, yeah, getting targeted very heavily. I he's, love that, showing the corner some love. Yep. And also, you, you think he's just like, guys, please stop. I, I need <laughs> yeah, some Gatorade. Like, you guys just keep throwing at me. Guys, what is up? Jesus. I'm a, I'm a rookie, guys. <laughs> guys, I need. I have to get oxygen on the sideline. I can't breathe. <laughs> Mark, I'm sitting over here crying right now. Jeremy Chin? Jeremy Chin? <laughs> uh, that's not what anyone said, Adam. That's, that's you're projecting. All right, yeah, for us, we stuck in the defensive back category as well, Mike, and went with Cameron Curl. That's so what I thought talked, you were going to go with. That's that's who I had, but I I I had a feeling that's where you were going to go. That's why I went with Terrell, but that's why that's one of the names I had too. Yeah, I think I love giving some love to cornerbacks because we don't do it frequently enough, and it's a real positional advantage if you can find those corners that are getting targeted, which we see a lot with rookie cornerbacks. But Cameron Curl, I mean, stepping mm-hmm. into the Landon Collins role as a seventh round draft pick. It's just incredible. And like Adam has said multiple times on the pod, Cameron Curl, better than Landon Collins? Question mark? I don't know, Mike. Where do you stand? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens because if I recall, recall, um, Landon Landon Collins Collins will be there next year. His contract pretty much guarantees it. Got it. Okay. Well, then that kind of stinks for Cameron Curl. So it's like, it's probably a dynasty stash, maybe, in hopes of maybe 
getting cut or, you know, no longer there. Maybe a trade. I don't know. But yeah, that's an option. But, but yeah, he, he you wouldn't have thought, you know, you're thinking, OK, well, Landon Collins, am I going to, you know, am I going to replace with well, Curl's got you covered. That he does. And he's absolutely there because there was. There were some guys that were under the radar, you know, like the Willie Gays of the world mm-hmm. and the um, – who was the Seahawks linebacker? Jordan Brooks. Brooks. Jordan Brooks. Those kind of guys Ashen that were Davis. like – Yeah, like, you know, IDP, like hipsters kind of new. How is that not a – like a It should be a yet. thing. It should absolutely be That's a thing. That's another podcast. That's IDP next, uh, hipsters. Next to uh, – I, I told you, I, told you I was following IDP before it was cool, man. Yeah, man, sitting in the. Co- it has to be shot in a coffee shop, so there's like ambient noise. In the Obviously, background. wearing uh, track suits from the previous spot. Exactly. Wearing that, but they just throw some scarves over it to be hipsterish. What is it? Tracksuit envy. Tracksuit track envy. envy. Yeah, <laughs> it's our hemp. indie band slash made, podcast. Made of hemp. That's right. So yeah, it was Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl is absolutely the breakout rookie. When you when you looked across the landscape, there wasn't anybody that was under the radar. That really popped. Most of the guys that have done well are guys that were getting a lot of hype. The Chase Youngs, Patrick Queens, Kenneth Murray, Isaiah Simmons here as of late. So not a lot to pick from, but he definitely stands out as the guy who you weren't expecting anything. I don't even think Cameron Curl's family was like did drafting Cameron, him. Did Cameron Curl get drafted in a single rookie draft last year, you think? Zero percent chance. I don't. I, I even think even the most diehard, if you had like a five-round rookie draft, I'd be very surprised if he is drafted. No I think way. if you went 10 rounds, I don't know if Cameron Curl makes it in. Yeah, there were Seventh some, round, bro. There were some where we did. I mean, we dug deep. You know, it was like a supplemental draft after the rookie draft. And I don't remember Cameron Curl going in. You had this. fantasy leagues with supplemental drafts. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get out on a few of those. I was gonna, I'm worried about your mental state right now. But all right, fun category here. This is our last fun category. Actually, you know what, Mike? Let's do a quick pivot here because I don't want to end on a downer note. That's just kind of like a you know a, a fart to end the the podcast here. So we're gonna save the last category that we'll wrap up with. Will be most dynasty value gained. But let's pivot here and talk about the biggest busts at D-line, linebacker, and DB. Not that kind of bust, Adam. Uh, so let's start at D-lineman. So the note here that we have, Mike, we discussed this beforehand. We're not talking about injuries. Injuries no. happen. These are guys that have played at least 75% of the games and have been a bust for your IDP squad. So who's your pick for defensive lineman? So I am going to – oh, boy, and this is – I, I think this should fit, and it's and it's kind of tough to label him as a bust. He's got seven and a half sacks, but that's not what you drafted. I'm gonna say Joey Bosa. Um, wow, thirty-eight tackles, seven and a half sacks. He's only had three games, at least in my league, of double-digit fantasy points. Everything, if I look at, it's fourteen, ten, fourteen points, ten points, and then you have eight, two, six. Seven, three, missed two games, two, then he had a three sack game against the Bills, and then six, five, and six. That's yeah, not that's what, that's not what you drafted. And in my league, he's the DL twenty one. So he's been playing. Just missed those two games. So I think he fits that threshold and he, I think he he fits the I think he fits the criteria of what we we're looking for. I mean he's played in he's played in thirteen out of the fifteen games and it's he hasn't he hasn't returned what you what you drafted. 
Yeah, his game log here in our main league, 22, 15, 16. Off to a great start. You're feeling great. Like, Joey Bosa is so good. Two, okay, mm -hmm. okay, no need to panic. 11, we're back on track. Bye week. 11, okay, and then 6, 0, 0, mm -hmm. 2, 57, <laughs> 9, 5, and 6. One of these things is not like, not like the it, other, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been unfortunate, and even last week, I – I don't know. I think I might have missed something about maybe an injury, but he didn't. I think he played 16 or 17 snaps, and that's that's an unfortunate that's an unfortunate usage in the semis. So I'm hoping people survived, but yeah, that that's not what you drafted. And that's no, even not. more glaring in a year without you know no Daniel Hunter, no Nick Bosa, no you yep. know Josh Allen's been a shell of himself. Yep. I mean, there's not a lot of top dogs left. Nope. And, uh, no. Bowie's, yeah, definitely underperformed based on where you drafted him. Definitely the uglier Bosa's of the Bosa brothers. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's not a looker at all. No. Nick's, Nick's pretty handsome. Nick's very, very hot. But uh, Joey, not so much. Well, um, Nick said, hey, you can't be a bust if you don't play. So, you know. That's right. He's <laughs> like, just let me take myself out of bust because he just couldn't take it. He's got real thin skin. Like, he just can't picture. He can't imagine a world in which he's being called a bust. He's like, yeah. just watch me. I'll go out for the season. Yeah. This is a good strategy. It's that tapping the head. Hey, hey he knew yeah. that he knew that uh, he knew that Trump was going to get voted out. That's why he got out. <laughs> he was sad. He was not sure. a proud boy. He was a sad boy. All right. Well, a couple guys here that we want to mention, and we pulled our our big three preseason ranks to see how high we were on guys and where mm -hmm. they sit right now going into Week 16. So, a couple dudes we want to mention here: Frank Clark, yep, big three preseason rank of 26, currently sitting at 48. Someone who almost has about the same finish right now, Eric Armstead, big three preseason rank of 27, sitting at 52 right now. But there was one guy who has played a lot. He met the threshold for games and was in our top 30 and is currently sitting in our in, uh, in Fantasy Pros scoring at 130 Jeez. right now. <laughs> 130. And he was our preseason ranked 29. Any guesses here, Mike? I'll give you a hint. It's a guy that changed teams this offseason. Was it Yannick Ngakoui? No, he was close. But Dante Fowler. Mm. Dante Fowler sitting at preseason ranked for us of 29, currently at the defensive lineman 130. Shoo. That is a that is just the 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 gif of the karate guy getting kicked in the wee wee over and over and over again. He's been bad. He's been, been real so bad. bad. That's the and, that's the Cam Newton gif falling you know sliding off the, uh, yes. the bench. <laughs> that's uh, that's how you feel starting him this because I remember we had the discussion earlier in the season like okay Dante Fowler's doing okay yeah I thought maybe, he was a value maybe or... he's a value nope. Yeah. And he's been playing. It's not like he has missed games. No, you're right. I mean, you know, he's last week 66% of the snaps, 75% of the snaps, 50% of the snaps. I mean, yeah. He's out Pretty there. much every game is like at least 60%. So, yep. wow. I hadn't looked into him too much. He is not worth looking into unless you really <laughs> want to be sad. So, that's the biggest bust for us at defensive yep. linemen. Let's move to linebacker. I feel like there's an obvious answer here, Mike, but I want to hear your take first to see if we come down on the same guy. I went Corey Littleton. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's the obvious choice, right? Yeah, I mean, I as a guy, as someone who, I mean, it, he might he might be a system guy, and you know, he didn't look like a system guy. And if you saw 
that potential bust and you avoided him, great. That's that's all more important to you. But I think he was drafted probably among the top 10 linebackers. But, yeah, I've got Corey Littleton. I do have another one that I think might be a little off the wall. Hit us with it. To hear Whitehead. Okay. Probably drafted as an LB3. I mean, he's had, I think, five or six consecutive 100-tackle seasons. A couple seasons in Carolina where he had 100 tackles and... Boy, halfway through, about halfway through the season, he just lost snaps and never got any of his production back, and you pretty much just got nothing from him. Yeah, I would say he's probably – I think you're right. I remember we did an ADP, and he was somewhere around like 34 to 38 range, mm-hmm. coming in right around that threshold for being an LB3, sitting at LB100 yeah. right now in our league. So <laughs> wow. that's, a good, that's a good call right there because that's where – you're kicking yourself as well. Like you don't want to miss the top of your draft, obviously, yeah. but you know, some of those LB threes, you just don't want them to fall off that cliff and going from 36 to 100. I mean, you basically got a nothing burger from Whitehead. Yeah, that, that was, I've had him in a few leagues and that, that yeah, it first couple of weeks, I, I don't think it was bad, but yeah, but as soon as it's like, okay, he's gone 99 snaps. All right. 86. Snaps, oh, okay. And then it went f- 70. You're like, Oh boy. I need to cut bait on this guy, unfortunately, because he's done. He's done. Yeah, and that's that's what sucks, too, is because some of our – when you consider who he was running alongside, Shaq Thompson, another guy that we had on our list of biggest busts. Yeah. I, preseason I rank yep. of five for us, yep. sitting at 35 right yep. now. Tremaine Edmonds was another guy. Yep. Preseason rank for the big three at – 10 he's currently sitting at 38 mm-hmm. adam i'm gonna let you take this one because i know this is gonna pain you deep in your heart here because Corey was our pick as well so who is this guy that you're going to talk about our boy fred warner we had him as the lb12 he's currently the lb28 and that looks nice that's that's not bad right no not really man he's being propped up by his first eight games so over his last five he's averaging 6.8 points a game his his linebacking partner Drake Greenlaw is averaging ten point seven in the same span. Keep in mind, Quan Alexander he only played five games for San Francisco, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of us you know expected him Fred Warner to just have a monster year, kind of like he did the previous year when Quan missed time for injury. But that's not what happened at all. Yeah. And in fact, he was the guy that kind of took a backseat as far as the stats go to to Dre. Now I don't think I don't think Fred is like a bad player or anything like that. I'm not worried about him as far as dynasty. No, he's, no. Fred Warner is like a legit top five linebacker in my opinion. I just think the 49ers had a weird year, mm-hmm. too many injuries. Just it was just an off year for him. I expect it to kind of normalize. And Fred Fred probably is a little overrated as as far as IDP goes. But you know I think he's a I think he's a really solid linebacker too. He was a great fade candidate because he kind of came out of nowhere to be an IDP darling. And we faded him. We faded him. We told we told everyone to fade him. But it was hard to fade because he's so good. He's so such good. a good real NFL linebacker. And, and we had that you know that video of him of course, doing the kickboxing it, that it, ended up not being him. And it ended up not being him and his dad liked one of our tweets so we had a soft spot for him yeah i think of those three mike i would probably pick tremaine edmonds just because you Mm -hmm. look at the gap between you know or you could go shaq thompson all of these guys are good very few busts among the top linebackers but those were three big ones there mike yeah i think i think between yeah i think between those three unfortunately but you know what? If you if you worked your wire, I think you found 
some decent replacement value out of yep. out of those from those guys. Little funny fact here. This is no kidding. These were my four starting linebackers in RSO to uh, begin the year. Yeah, not great. No, not, not great at all. Not great. We were able to get out of Corey Littleton, Shaq Thompson, and Tremaine. Oh my God, <laughs> these really were all four of yours, weren't they? <laughs> Truly, yeah. I've got I've got Fred Warner, Deion Jones, Neville Hewitt, and Eric Wilson. Wow. Yeah. You played the wire well, though. Did fine. Did just that's fine. what you do. And so I, I learned a lot of lessons this year. Never gonna chase a linebacker again, ever. And just you know, play the wire. We knew this, but like truly, you can really build a a, a stout defense off the wire, especially at linebacker. Yes, very very replaceable. All right, let's wrap up at DB. The most disappointing, the biggest bust defensive back. Who we got, Mike? There's there's an obvious pick here for us. Let's see if we come to the same conclusion once again. I'm gonna. Ju- I, I I think it is. It's, he's really the only one that I that I that I really stood out. I, I went Tracy Walker. Yep, that's the pick, Mike. Six straight games of seven or fewer. Six straight games of seven or, or fewer fantasy points since that seventeen point outburst, and lost snaps. Just, just unfortunately, hasn't been good. And and unfortunately, it is what it is at the DB position. They they do they kind of rarely repeat, and that's why it is a more streamable position. That's why you wait on the position. Yep. Just thought that Tracy was different. I thought he was, uh, I mean, 103 tackles in 13 games the, the the year prior. You know, no real talent in front of him at linebacker. It just seemed like, you know, it just seemed like he was one of those types that was going to be, you know, the next Buda Baker, Jamal Adams, you know, one of these box safeties that gets in the backfield a lot. But that just wasn't the case. Another lesson learned. And, and also, you know, I thought that maybe Matt Patricia getting fired, maybe that would – free up some more playing time and Tracy Walker could have a big second half. Well, well I think it's I think it was more the of who was calling the plays. It was the actual defensive coordinator calling the plays. So maybe yeah. that, I think that had a little bit that had probably more to do with it maybe than anything. Right. And Tracy played a season low nineteen percent this past week. That so. is that is hashtag sad. That, that is, is all the crying faces. That is Cam Newton gif once again. Yeah. <laughs> Just sliding off the bench straight into the nice circle of hell. So. Yep. That was the biggest miss for me on the year, no doubt. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, all right, another bummer category, and then we're going to go back to the, the opposite of this, which is the most dynasty value gained. But let's start negative, and then we'll end positive, Mike. So which dynasty asset lost the most value in 2020 in your eyes? As so, You know what? I'll be honest. As someone who's more of a redraft guy and, and not a whole lot of dynasty, I, I went – I went Calevon Chaisan. Just has done nothing. No real flash, no nothing. I think he's received pretty ample opportunity in the wake of Yannick and Gakoe being traded. And just has done nothing. And I think he's lost a lot of value over over the course of the season. Yeah, of the rookie defensive lineman, I feel like he was definitely in that top five conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, not inspiring a lot of confidence with this year one performance. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, I don't think there was a rookie that was in a better situation as far as you know potential playing time. That's right. Yeah, he just hasn't done anything with it. So yeah, that, that's a good cho- that's a good call there. And playing alongside Josh Allen, who you know, I know he's, I don't know if you're going to bring him, but you know, playing alongside Josh Allen, pretty solid season. But you know, no one got away and Calais Campbell gone. I mean, they had something, but there was just there's just. You don't. I don't see anything. Maybe, 
maybe it'll it's a buy low i don't know but boy you're sitting there with a pretty big sad face if if you have him because you're not going to get much in return for him i think that's a really good point though i think all these guys on this list are probably good buy lows Mm -hmm. yeah there may be some and we'll see here as we go through it's the the thing we were talking about with our boy john macri of like are these guys good do their teams like them what are their contract situations like like is there a chance that they get just Thanos snapped out of existence here and they're worthless? That's the kind of gamble with buy lows is there's a chance that the floor is not where you think it is, that they are not quite at their floor yet. So yeah, I, some, and I don't want to call them a bust because I think, especially with this year, with, with everything that went on, there was no formal off season. So I don't want to label really anybody a bust. And so but definitely, like you said, we, he definitely lost some value. But yeah, there was no, there was no any type of formal rookie training camp. There wasn't any anything for them to to ramp up on. So I think for a lot of these rookies, I think you can almost label this as a red shirt year. I think next year will be will be interesting to see what happens if if there's the the normal if a normalcy if there's a return to normalcy from an off season program. Yeah, that's an important note here, Mike. This is not we're not labeling these guys busts. Yeah. We're not saying to sell them necessarily. Yeah. We're just saying that it's the arrow down, arrow up emoji, they right? They lost mm-hmm. the value. The per- yeah, the perception sure, of these sure. guys is not going to be what it was. Do with this information what you, you want. want. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and uh, like Adam said, usually when you're talking guys that have lost value, it's a buy, not necessarily a sell because that means you're selling low, which you don't want to do. So, some guys that we looked at as big-time dynasty losers this year. You mentioned Josh Allen. He was in our dynasty rankings big three. He was number seven overall. This is combined dynasty rankings, Mike. We had him number seven. Devin Mm -hmm. Bush, 24. Unfortunately, that was injury, but it happens. Max Crosby, 25. Landon Collins, 35. This was one I'm curious to get your take on, Mike, here in just a sec. Mac Wilson at 50. Yeah. What the hell happened to Mac Wilson? Ed Oliver at 55 and Jermaine Pratt at 79. Our pick was Jermaine Edmonds. Uh, dynasty rank of six and sitting at just on the year 35 right now. Yeah. So big time arrow down for Tremaine Edmonds. But let's go back to Mac Wilson. What the hell happened to Mac Wilson, Mike? I I mean, I was not on Mac Wilson, honestly. I I could tell that he wasn't probably wasn't going to factor in much once kind of things ramped up. And I know he was dealing with some injuries at the beginning, but I don't think he's going to factor into Cleveland's plans next year. It's a new regime. They're not tied to him. So he was somebody that I was not, that, that I was letting other people draft, honestly. Yeah, that's, you know, and it's probably dumb to get wrapped up in a guy like that. I th- we all, we all, I think everyone was excited about him. Well, number one, his name's Mac. That's an awesome name for a linebacker. But number two, just there was he was it, right? We didn't. We, there was not much around him, or at least no names. It was like Taki Taki. Who's the guy that B.J. Goodson that we, you know, he he'd had a cup of coffee at a few spots and and never really done anything. So there was just nothing around him. But. Yeah, he was a fifth round pick. I mean, yeah. it, the draft capital has never been there. It's like, yeah, you, we we probably shouldn't be as high on some of these late round 
guys. It's it's important to remember this stuff. You know, like the Troy Dyes and the Tate mm-hmm. Crowders. Those guys may not ever mature. You know, materialize into anything. Yeah, with but as soon as, and even with B.J. Goodson being brought in, I was like, not oh, you know, Mac still not even on Mac Wilson. And then as soon as I was reading, oh, Mac, you know, B.J. Goodson's going to call the plays. I'm like, all right, well then Mac Wilson's out and. Well, he's hurt. You know, they really like him. I'm like, he never really popped. He didn't have, he played a full season his rookie year in really low efficiency. You know, was Christian Kirksey getting all the tackles? Yeah, probably, but still really not very efficient. And I think he played 85% of the snaps his rookie year, but nothing popped. And I think he's, he's a guy. And like I said, I don't think he factors into to Cleveland's plans much. I think they're going to draft a linebacker. They even might address it in free agency because I really think what Cleveland's going to do with their defense in in the offseason is probably going to be very similar to what they did with their offensive line. They built the offensive line. It's one of the best in the NFL. They need to do that to the defense now. So I could yep. see them. I think they like Jacob Phillips, so I think he's going to factor in, and I think they're either going to address a free agent linebacker or they're going to draft another one. So I think these guys like Taki Taki and Mac Wilson, I don't think they're long for Cleveland very much. I think they're this is a Super Bowl contending team, and I think there's guys like that just are not going to have a place. Maybe special teams, depth, but I don't think they're going to factor in very much. You get you someone like Levante David. He's a free agent. I, oh, my God. I Could would, you imagine? I would go to Hopkins and welcome him with open arms. <laughs> You really would. I don't even care how old he is. I think he's, I think he's hitting no. his thirties, but I don't care. You bring Levante yeah. David to Cleveland, and I'm a happy, happy man. He's a tone setter. He's mm-hmm. he's the greatest God, he's linebacker a, of the past decade. Such in, in no respect whatsoever. No, it's because, I call. Uh, yeah, it's he's labeled an outside linebacker, and he's got to contend with guy. And there's no way he should be in the same category with Khalil Mack. Mm. No, he's been the most I heard it said very well in the Around the NFL podcast. He's the most underrated superstar mm-hmm. of the past decade in the NFL. Yep. Yep. He's a superstar. Yep. I've been calling him for fantasy. I call him discount Bobby Wagner. He for is. some reason he, he just goes in that linebacker mm-hmm. ten to fifteen range, but he's you know, every year top five. Levante David, can you imagine if if we see Mike just Posting like heart attack gifts on Twitter, we'll know it's because but they Levante signed Levante David's David. Come to town. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, truly, that is a huge get for someone this offseason. If if he does end up leaving the Bucks, I mean, mm-hmm. imagine just being able to pick up Levante David this year. Yep. Mm. Please let it happen. Mm. The only thing that I think is going to be so interesting with teams, I don't know how much free agency movement you're going to see because the salary cap's going down. Yeah, it's true. That may be the only thing that makes me think, ah, let me stick with my team and then hit the market when there's more cash to be had. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you I'll tell you where Levante David should go though, for real. Don't say New England. Kansas City. Oh god, yeah. That'd be so fun. They they're They'd find a way to booty. ruin him. They'd find a way to ruin him. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I uh, don't 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 say that about Levante. Let him go get a ring. Maybe he gets a ring though with Tampa Bay. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. We'll they, see. They'll be in the mix, possibly. So, all right, that was Dynasty Value Lost. Let's flip it positive here for the last category, Mike, and talk about most Dynasty Value gained. Devin White, Brian Burns, 
Montez Sweat, Patrick Queen, Jeremy Chin, Stefan Tuitt, and Jesse Bates. And the award goes to Addy? Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Mike, I don't think there's any guy this season that has gone from, you know, on the fringe, startable asset to legit defensive and IDP mm-hmm. superstar in the making than Brian, Brian Burns. No, he's had a solid season. Very, very solid season. If they finally utilized him correctly, I'm kind of. I think all of his his managers and owners are hoping uh, for some good news from the injury front. But yeah, he's 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 definitely taking advantage. Definitely gotten the playing time and has shown, hey, I can I can freaking play. Yeah, and another guy that you were very high on in terms of gaining dynasty value, Addy, was Jesse Bates. Yeah, Jesse Bates. I mean, it's just one of those guys where I think you know. Everyone's faded him for the past three years since he's a free safety, but he's he's in that Justin Simmons mold. Simmons mold. He's just he's a playmaker. He just has a knack for making plays. It doesn't matter that he plays deep. He's just he's gonna find a way to to be a top you know six or seven safety. And we mentioned this. This was a guy that we wanted to break out, and it's so fun when it comes to fruition and you see it happening. Montez Sweat, the sweet mm-hmm. man. It has been oh so sweet to watch him have his breakout season here in 2020. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, Chase Young gets all the all the love, but I mean, Montez Sweat deserves, you know, every bit of that love as well. So, yeah, I love to see it. I think I said this before, but you know, Brian Burns, Montez Sweat, both, you know, everyone's darlings. Just very nice to see both those guys come through for us. Yep, Montez Sweat sitting at DE six right now in Damn. our league. Yeah, you got Chase Young's in the mix, but he's a little bit further down the list. Montez Sweat has been the guy you want there in Washington this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the positional change certainly helped him out for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So of those guys, Mike, who anyone pop to you in terms of gaining some some dynasty value? Actually, I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to go Roquan Smith. Oh, that's a great pick. I mean, just flat out just dominating and just balling in Chicago. 129 tackles should reach probably I'd say should probably hit has a legitimate shot let's see at 129 I think has a legitimate shot at 145 maybe even 150 if he has a few big games he's got the Jaguars and the Packers coming up so I think his if we're looking at dynasty value I mean if if I'm a Roquan Smith owner you got to come at me hard yep yeah, that's it was similar to us listing Devin White. Mm-hmm. Roquan just takes that next step, right? It's like it's it's Devin White and Ro- Roquan uh, Smith, probably the first two linebackers. I guess Darius Leonard as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. those three in some order. Yeah. Those are set it. There's not a lot of set it and forget it guys in IDP. I've learned this year. That's one thing we'll discuss yep. next week with lessons learned. But is there's not a lot of set it and forget it guys. Those three you don't even think about. Yep. Yeah. They're just they're like statues in your lineup. They're not going anywhere. And he had a down year. I think he I don't even think he hit the hundred tackle mark last year. So last year would have been a good buy low, and if you're able to get him, great. But yeah, this year now you got a he's he's Apple, he's Bitcoin, he's he's, he's all the hot of it. stock. Yeah, he's all of it right now. The Roquan Smith manager in our league in the championship. Yep. yep. So I'm sure that's the case for a lot of IDP managers out there. So Well, this was fun, Mike. We appreciate you uh, jumping in here with us and giving out some end-of-the-season IDP awards. It's always fun. I think it's really important to look back on the season and reflect on, you know, which things went well, which things surprised you, 
what was disappointing? Where did which players fell short of expectations? I know this was a helpful, beneficial, and fun exercise for us. Mike, what about you? Yeah, it's always good to reflect. You know, you you may have not necessarily done anything wrong. I don't think there, you know, if, if something didn't go right, maybe, I don't know if anything you'd say is just wrong with your process, but just kind of look at the draft, see what, what went right, what went wrong, learn from it. And, you know, with IDP, it's 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 a different beast because – you have 11 players going after the ball. So you've got 11 potential players going after an opportunity. So, you know, with, with the offensive side of the ball, you kind of have an, you can kind of make a prediction in terms of what's going to, you got to get an idea of what's going to happen. And really with IDP, things tend to normalize too throughout the course of a season. So who you think is going to be good tends to be good. So again, it was just kind of one of those seasons and, you know, it's just kind of learn from it. And I think as long as you're paying attention to your scoring system and you kind of have an idea of which players perform, I, I, you know, just kind of to go with that blueprint and something, some things that I always will fall into is if there's a guy that you want, or if there's a guy that you like that you want on your team, ADP be damned, go get him. And every year I'm like, I'm thinking that. And then every year I'm like, Oh man, I think I can get him next round. And I never do. And I never do. So yeah, just look at your team, see, see what happened and, and see where maybe you could have made a move and you know, you know, there we'll, we'll, we'll get him next year. That's right. A great quote that I always think about for fantasy. I don't lose. I either win or learn. Who said that? Did you say that? Is yes, that sir. A, that's, me. that's me. That's what it's on his mirror every morning. <laughs> I love it. When you're it's brushing true, your teeth, it's you're true. just looking at it. Uh, or I, and this isn't this. I didn't make this up, but you know what? It's, it's, it's another good quote. It's failures are just successes. I haven't achieved yet. Mm-hmm. This is great. One of my favorites is when life hands you lemons, eat a turd. That is truly an Adam Markham original and very applicable for 2020. It's so true. It's so true. We've all eaten a turd in 2020 at some point or another. We've all all been munching on some turds, so it's a good way to bring this pod to a close. Mike, as always, my friend, it is so great to have you on the show. We appreciate your wisdom, not just on this pod, but throughout the season. You know, if there's IDP players out there who aren't following you or your work, we just have to assume they don't have electricity, Adam. They, they live in a cave somewhere. That's like step That's like step four or five, I think, and, and you know, starting to play IDP is following Mike yep, absolutely. on Twitter. Get a computer, make friends, start a league, follow Mike. Yeah. That's it. That's, You're that's, good. You'll be fine. That's the four-step <laughs> process. You can make it with that. But, Mike, for those of you, for those IDP players out there who are on step one, two, or three, hit us with the details of where people can find your work and the details about your podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert, W-O-E-L-L-E-R-T. All of my rankings and content you can find at 444.com. And you can find me weekly on my Miked Up IDP podcast. I record typically every Friday night. It usually goes up on Saturday mornings, which should give you plenty of time to make those roster decisions. Got a, a Christmas game on Friday night, and then we've got Saturday football. So I don't know if I'll have an, enough in time for Friday, but I think it's Minnesota, New Orleans. Minnesota, 
just start Todd Davis and New Orleans, start Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, all those guys, and check out my pod this week. Any questions, tweet at me, except for the Friday game, but tweet at me, email me, mike.pod at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll get you sorted and, and make sure you follow all the guys at the big three IDP because they are always good people. Appreciate you, Mike. Yeah, make sure that you abandon your family, mm-hmm. open the presents, and go straight to the couch to watch football the rest of the weekend, Daddy. I know, man. They're trying to get us in trouble, they aren't are they? They're trying to, <laughs> to increase the divorce rate. I'm just I'm convinced of it. Because you know what you know what divorced men do? They watch the NFL. Yeah, they're yeah, the NFL is in the pockets of big attorneys and big lawyers. Hundred <laughs> percent. The NFL is in the pockets of big divorce. Let's mm-hmm. just call it like it is. <laughs> so well thank you, Mike, again for coming on. We appreciate you. Good luck to everyone out there. We hope you bring home those those titles in your leagues, especially if it's a big money league, go get that money. Go pay for some of those Christmas presents that you bought. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you for an amazing season. We will be back next week with the one and only Tom Kisslingberry to talk about lessons learned playing IDP in 2020. That's going to be a lunchtime pod, so it'll drop a little earlier on Tuesday, and then the wheel keeps on turning, Addy. We got some great, great content coming at you to wrap up this 2020 NFL season, so don't go anywhere. The big three, we got you taken care of. Josh, I'd like to have a break. No breaks. You get a break when you die. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Mike. Take care, stay safe, and we will see you all next week. This is Big 3 IGP. Catchers in the league going in every week. Racking them points up. Who got the streak? Cause we joking it. Habits of fun. Yeah, this how the crew getting it done. I'm talking Josh, Adam, and Connor. Yeah, this a command and conquer. Hard hitting the IR's real. This football, yeah, you know the Cause it's all about the deep